0: Well, that was a wonderful introduction. Don't worry, I won't be making anyone do any push-ups today. (laughs) I'm here to share a testimony, so you're all safe. Just sit and relax, and I won't yell at you. (laughs) At least not to start with. (laughs) Good. So, well, I just first of all want to say I am so excited to be speaking here in Killarney. Anytime I get a chance to go to Killarney. I love coming to Killarney. I grew up in Killarney. My parents still live in Killarney. My grandma lives in Killarney, and uh, I've been so fortunate, I've been able to come, I graduate high school here, and I've been able to uh, come back every summer, and I farm with my family in the summer. So, uh, one year ago, one year ago and one week, exactly, I was married in Killarney, uh, so we celebrated our first year anniversary just a year ago, last weekend, and uh, now Scott and I are expecting our first child, so... We're doing in March, and we're very excited about that. And uh, I learned something this summer, because my, my husband right now, he's away training with the RCMP, so he's in Regina right now, and he's, uh, um, so he w- went there this summer. So that's why I was able to come back to Clark this summer and, and work on the farm. And there's something I learned this summer working on the farm. I should have told my dad I was pregnant many summers ago <laughs> I didn't have to do any of the dirty work the uh, I didn't have to go inside a dirty granary you know i didn't have to carry some heavy stuff I mean I still did sometimes anyways, but he'd argue with me think, like, let me carry that and boy, the level of fatigue I felt this summer I it was i mean I'm a personal trainer I, I thought I knew the body pretty well like if you're moving and you're active you think Know be awake, but we would be working in the farmyard and come four o'clock. I was so tired, like, like unbelievably tired. I made a beeline to the shed, fell asleep on the cot there. I I, I made sure there was a cot and a pillow up there for me. Okay, mom made sure there was a cot and a pillow out there for me. Okay, I cried and then I fell asleep on the cot. So just learning lots, and we're just really excited that that, that uh, we're gonna have a little one. Join us in March, and um, yeah, I really enjoyed uh, growing up in Klarney I felt really, felt really safe here. I felt, you know, trust until high school, about near the end of high school, and my trust in people, my trust in God stripped away from me. And that's what I'm going to talk about today is how my trust in God was stripped from me, but then how I've become to trust God today. So that's what I'm going to talk about my testimony today. Now, this story I'm going to share with you is a story I've never shared publicly before. Uh, So it won't be like the smoothest, best time I've told this story, but you're going to get The most emotion, the most transparency, vulnerability, you're just going to, here I am. Okay? Does that that sound okay? Okay. So growing up in Killarney, I was a very active kid. I played lots of sports. I played baseball, volleyball, basketball, cross-country running, track and field. Uh, uh, Track and field, by my grade 11 year, I was the second fastest girl in the province in the 1500 meter race. I was the third-fastest 3,000-meter uh, runner girl in this province, and I was part of a 4x400 team, and we were the third-fastest team in this province. So fast. <laughs> Which my dad didn't mind because I could run away from the boys. So. <laughs> um, I, I played piano. My piano teacher's here. Um, I got up to my grade nine piano. I was a peer helper. I was part of student government. I loved school. I was active. I had energy. I really enjoyed going to school. But when grade 12 came, I wasn't very excited. I wasn't excited to go to school. I, I, I was sitting in math class. I was like, oh, I'm not motivated. I don't feel like learning well i felt this before, i, I felt this way before, just take notes, just write on the board what he's writing, and then think about it later. Well I looked at this pencil on my desk, and it took me so much energy just to pick up this pencil. And this continued on for weeks, where I was not motivated, I, I wasn't doing my homework, um, I started, you know, slack in my sports, which was really odd for me. And uh, so I thought, this is, this is not right. Like, some, something's wrong. Like, this is not who I am. Like, what, what's going on here? So I went and I saw the student um, guidance counselor, Mr. Riley. Is he still the student guide, guidance counselor? He's still the one? So I went and saw him, and after talking to him a few times, he says, you know what, Lisa? I think you might be suffering from a mild form of depression. joy to be around okay <laughs> so he said you know it might be a good idea to go to the doctor get on some antidepressants just to help with the chemicals in your brain so I, I, I ended up doing that but a short while later things got worse and I went um, deeper into a depression also at that time my body started, like I would shake. And I would shake six, up to six times a day. I would shake. Now, what was happening at this time, I did not know this, but I was put on too high of an antidepressant to start off with. That was what was causing my body to shake. I did not know that. Later, I was told that it was um, mini seizures. I did not know that, that at this time. What I knew at this time was the girl who was happy, excited, you know, practically skipped home from school, was this gone and it was taken over by someone I didn't recognize, something I didn't recognize. I thought at that time that the shakes was the devil inside of me. And if you've ever suffered from depression, if you ever know someone who suffered from a depression, you've heard of depression, it is is the worst thing that I've ever experienced. You don't feel. You can't cry. It's numb. You're at, I was at school. I didn't want to be at school. I'd be at home. I didn't want to be at home. Just numb. My energy was stripped from me. There'd be times I'd be sitting at the kitchen table and slide off my chair. I felt that I was no longer contributing to society. And that I was a burden. And one day, I crawled up the stairs, because the energy was not there. I crawled up the stairs to my bedroom. Closed the door. And I wrote two notes. One was to my family. One was to my friends. I was saying goodbye. Closed my bedroom door. I walked down the stairs. I walked past the kitchen. I said, Mom, I'm going for a walk. I walked out the door. I was on my way to kill myself. I hated myself so much for the pain I felt like I was causing everyone. I didn't want to die fast. I wanted to die slow. I wanted to suffer, and I wanted to die slow. Now, I was caught up to, so I never got even close to attempting, which is awesome. And uh, I was sent to Wawaneesa to talk to a psychiatric nurse there. And I was sitting there and talking to him, and I had talked to multiple different people at this point. And they all said, you're doing too much, you're doing too much, you need to slow down. I was like, no, that's not it, that's not it. I was sitting there talking to this this psychiatric nurse, and I... At that time, I was having this dream. It wasn't a reoccurring dream, but it was a dream of the same person that was in this dream. And there was something that had happened about a year or two before. So, I... For the first time, said out loud, told this story. And I could tell this story in about five minutes, but it took me an hour, over an hour. And I would say a few things, I'd choke the words out, and I'd cry. And then I'd shake. And then I'd say a few things, and I'd cry, and then I'd shake. And I eventually choked out the story after an hour. And then after an hour, he looked at me and said, Lisa, you were sexually assaulted. What? But nothing happened nothing happened you see a year or two before that I had gone on a walk with a boy that I trusted and he tried to have sex with me now what happened was is that my friends happened to come along to look for me and I I, I ran to them and they, they thought I was upset with them that I was they were interrupting but I was so relieved and I'm so upset with this guy but I never told anyone because I was embarrassed, I thought it was my fault, and I didn't think that anyone would believe me. And nothing happened; it didn't happen. But I was still traumas- traumatized, and I was suffering from post-traumatic stress. So that same day, from Juanisa, I was sent to Brandon. I was there for about 24 hours, and they, uh, you know, they they take they take your blood. Also, they take your um, uh, sorry. It was a center for uh, like. Adolescent psychiatric place, I forget what the name of it is, but I was there for about 24 hours. And, anyways, they took my pulse. I thought it was pretty low. And I said, well, my sister, who was 15 at the time, had just got a pacemaker put in, like, like, a month or something very close. And they're like, oh, okay. So I was sent right over to Brandon Hospital, the cardiac center. I was there. The doctor did some tests on me, and he said, it was a Friday. He said, Monday, you're going to get a pacemaker. What? You're looking at one of the fastest girls in the province. I've got a strong heart. I've got a great endurance heart. And you want to put a pacemaker in me? I have an ugly scar. I mean, I was 17. That was bothersome to me. Well, the weekend passed and by Monday, says, oh, your heart improved. We're not gonna put a pacemaker in But We are gonna keep an eye on me. Now, just to, to fast forward, I went back. I, I finished high school. I barely passed grade 12. I dropped some courses. I didn't play baseball that year. I didn't run track and field that year, but I passed high school. That summer, I was sent to Brandon, and I was put in the Center for adults Psychiatry, CAPS. That's the adult one. I was there for three weeks. Now, where I was at that point was I, I was allowed to leave for um I was allowed to leave for, like, visits, or, or I was allowed to leave for supper. The food was terrible. So. <laughs> and my mom would come in, and, and we she would um, pick me up. But I couldn't go into A&W or a fast food restaurant myself. My anxiety was so high. My fear was so great. I couldn't do that. So she would go in and order me a teen burger combo. We'd go to a park in... Um, And Brandon off the path, away from people, because I, I couldn't walk into a mall. I couldn't be around people. That's where I was. Now I'm gonna fast forward. So I'm about 18 years old at this point. So I'm gonna fast forward a little bit. By the time I'm 21, during one of my heart tests, my heart stopped for 6.1 seconds. So I had a pacemaker put in. So pacemaker, it's there's my scar. So battery-operated device. Wires go to my heart just to make sure. After one year, the doctors told me to put the wrong one in. So laying from my hospital bed, I I asked the doctor, I said, So, how long should this one last? He said, Oh, Lisa, this one's going to last ten years. You're going to like it so much more. It should last you about ten years. You're going to like it so much more. It lasted four. Now, during this time, my heart wouldn't always fully beat. And it would flutter. And it would flutter 300 flutters a minute. So I would get chest pain just walking from one end of the room to the other. And this frustrated me. And I was angry. Why didn't the doctors just get it right? Why didn't the pacemaker company just get it right? Why did this guy I trusted just not try to take advantage of me? And I became very angry at people, I became very angry at God, and I didn't trust anyone, and I certainly did not trust God. I did everything that was control for me. I took control of my career, my home, my relationships. I'm a personal trainer. Everyone's like, oh, you must be interested in the guy who goes to the gym all the time. No, give me the skinny nerd that I could take if I'm going to go on a walk with him. Yes, look at my past boyfriend. The one before my husband. Skinny, nerd, computer. Okay. see <laughs> that's who I did. Dated. Um, career. I started my own business. I worked, besides working for my family, I worked for a business, or business for one year, and then I went off on my own. I was going to make as much money as I wanted. I was going to charge what I wanted. I was going to pick the clients I wanted. I was going to choose when I wanted to go on a holiday. I'm in control. No one else is going to tell me. My home, I've never owned my own home. I've rented, but I've never signed 12-month lease. I've always done month to month. You're not going to tell me when I can or cannot stay. If I want to leave, I'm going to leave. And I'm not going to pay extra for it. I am in control. God, God says, Lisa, do this. I'm like, I'll do that, God, but I want to know the outcome first before I do it. I'm in control. So that's where I was. That's where I was. Now, before I'm, I'm going to tell you about, um, for me, in where I am today and trusting God, trusting relationships, it was a journey. For me, it wasn't like one prayer, like, God, make me trust again. Actually, I didn't even know I didn't trust. I had had people who were smarter and farther ahead than me. Truth and love say, Lisa, you like to be in control. I like, oh, wait. Maybe I do. <laughs> so, one prayer just didn't in for me. It was a journey. And I love this story about, um, and it was a choice, this journey went on, was a choice. I love this story about choice. So there's two construction workers and they're both sitting there for lunch. And the one guy opens his lunch pail and he says, oh no, bologna again, a bologna sandwich. This is the third time this week I've had a bologna sandwich. I am so sick of bologna sandwiches. And the guy says to him, "Well," why don't you get your wife to make something different? And he says, I don't have a wife, make my own lunch. <laughs> get blamed, even if you're not a wife, you know, <laughs> if you don't even exist. So it's a choice. And this journey I went on was a choice. And on this journey, I found that there were three things that were really important. And that helped me to trust God more. There's three things. Now, going to church, worshiping God, reading the Bible, do all those things. Like, those are all important. I'm just going to say that's a given. We'll just say given, okay? Plus these three things. So number one is I needed to allow God to heal me. Every morning that you wake up, There is someone ready to destroy, kill, and bring you down. And that is Satan. But then there's God. And God, who gave us the choice to choose him, who is like all power and healer, that he loves you so much. He loves your good parts. He loves your bad parts. He loves everything about you. He knows the number of hairs on your head knows you before you're even born he knows this little baby and loves this little baby before it's even born who wants to be connected with you and that he sent his son jesus to die so that you can be sent to that you can be connected to him who's all power and healer and counselor so i have now in my healing and growing and I enemy mean, this took a lot so this, this took a lot and I'm saying this really simply right now but this I, I mean I had people surrounding me who again are farther ahead than me and help bring this out but God is not evil God is good Jesus was there and said to my friends come here here she is come get her Jesus was there in the hospital room with me holding my hand giving me a hug he was there, and there's a thousand positive that have come out of this, and that's a whole other talk for another time. But it, I mean, my pacemaker story is a great story we're talking on health and wellness. Like, it's, I go around just tell that story. So I mean, um, nor to trust God, allowing God to heal you. Number two, second way I got closer to trusting God was listening to God. So there was a point in my growth journey where my faith was taking, like, a bigger, like, growth step. And I was 25 years old, and a big message I was getting was, Lisa, do not let anyone or anything become come between us, between your relationship with God. Do not let anyone or anything come in your way of your relationship to God, to me. And also at that time, I was ready for marriage i didn't want to meet another guy and go on another date well yeah i want to date and then go marriage but i didn't want to date and then date another guy and i want to date a guy and then i want to marry i was ready well then i met who was my husband scott shortly after and i met scott and we hit it off that first i mean he took me on a scavenger hunt he cooked dinner he brought me two dozen roses we went tobogganing we went for a move and he bought the tickets ahead of time this happened in one week Whoever says money can't buy love, like I don't know, <laughs> it's tempting, especially when you're wanted. And we hit it off so well and connected so well, and you treated me so well. And I said to him after one week, I said, "So Scott, what do you believe?" And he wasn't a Christian. And he said, "I'm open to it, and I wa- I want to go to church." And it was one of the hardest things I've ever had to do. And I said, "Great." I'll see you at church. <laughs> well, he's like, but I want to date you. I said, I'll see you at church. <laughs> you know, <again. laughs> so he dove into it. He dove into the Bible. He dove into um, church. He dove into talking to other Christians and learning. And he's such a strong Christian today. in the Bible where it says, um, uh, "Husbands, love your wives like God loves the church. I get treated like gold. My husband prays for me. My husband encourages me every single day. When I'm down, he sends me a text message with a Bible verse to pick me up. He's encouraging me to pray when I get off. It, listening to God. Okay, yeah, God, I'll listen to you. <laughs> I trust you. Didn't make sense to me. My heart was like, date him. God's like, don't let anything come to my relationship. I listen. Yeah, I'm going to trust you. So we got healing. We've got listening. Number three. Number three is take risks. It's hard to trust God when you're not taking a risk. Like, everything's just like, I know the outcome of this. Easy. Two years ago, I had, it was two years ago, it was in August. I remember when it was. It was two, just over two years ago. I had a I had a thought come in my head. It wasn't my own thought. It said, Lisa, speak, and write a book. I was like, okay, well, I'll just keep my eyes open. It was a few weeks later, John Maxwell came and spoke in Winnipeg. John Maxwell is like a leadership guru. He's written about 74 books. He spoke. At the end of it, uh, he says, oh, he says, I have a team of people. I have a team I've built, and we train speakers, and we train coaches. I was like, okay. I looked into it. It was, I'll just say the total investment for me within that few months was $10,000. I was a personal trainer by winter, poor farmer by summer. That was a big risk, and I couldn't see the outcome of it. From two years, not when I started training, but two years when I had that thought come in my head, I'd spoken roughly. 20 times, some of them were out of town, some of them for an hour, some of them was a full day, and some of them were two days. I never picked up the phone once. Two years and one month later, from when I um, had that thought, that message in my head, two years, one month later, I spoke at my first international speaking gig. I'm an international speaker. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was, that, so that was September 30th. So that, was just, that was just a couple months ago. In that two hours, I made more money than I did my first year of personal training in the first two months. Yeah, God, I'll take risks. and Yeah, God, I trust you. So, allowing God to heal Uh, Number two was (laughs) listening to God. and Number three, taking risks, is how I learned to trust God and to trust his love in me. Now, as I was preparing for today, it was like, I want to give this testimony on trusting God. And I just want to say, like, yeah, trust God. He's good. He's great. Do it. But how do you really tell someone trust God? Like, yeah, we've heard God is good. We've read he's great. I know it let me t- let me just give you this example here just to give you a visualization there's a difference between knowing you can trust god and experiencing god's trust there's a difference be- between knowing you can trust god and experiencing god's love and trust so let me explain it this way i'm a personal trainer so i i see people who are overweight, they're unhealthy, they want to get more energy. And, and that's what I do, do. I go places and I speak on health and wellness. So I, I rarely have to go to some place and say, hey, exercise is good for you. No one's like, oh my gosh, right? Hey, eating nutritious is good for you. Like, really? It's amazing. No, everyone, like they know, they know that's good for them. They heard it's good, but there's they're overweight. And I want to get energy. But, it, okay, I don't want to be like that healthy person, because they run marathons, and they're crazy, and this person won't even eat cake, ever. That's crazy. I don't want to be like that healthy person. Yeah, okay. <laughs> it's clicking. <laughs> and then there's this feeling of hopelessness. Well, it works for you, but it doesn't work for me. And, oh, that is that gift is for you, but it's not for me, and I've tried these few things, and they don't work out. Okay? Meanwhile, the healthy person's like, do it! You'll love it! You know, that's like the Christian saying, like, come on, be a Christian, it's great, why aren't you a Christian? And they're like, okay, that's good for you, I don't want to be like you. Okay, whatever, whatever, whatever they think, maybe not you, but your friend, right? But then the person who goes through the struggle of making a life change of, and it's it's uncomfortable, change is uncomfortable. The person who goes through eating well and uh, exercising and goes through that struggle, and then they lose weight. Has anyone here ever lost weight or seen? this lose weight. They're like, I feel so much better. I feel lighter. I feel more confident. I feel free. I can't believe i ever lived like that. And it wasn't so bad once I got through. It was terrible going through, but I made it through. This is awesome. It's like experiencing that when you trust God, but a million times better. When you trust God, and trust his love in you. It's like I feel so free. I feel so light. I have this inner peace, outer struggle. Wow! You still you have you still have struggle. Still, I mean, God, you know, will make those struggle the ones he loves, right? Loves so many of us, right? <laughs> so it it it's this light and this freedom. And how did I? What did I? What did I do before I was a Christian? Before God was there? What? I, how do other people do it? How do other people go through grief? How do other people go through life? How do other people go through uncertainty? I don't get it. And how did I do that before? I don't know. That's what it's like to experience God's love and trust. So you want to hear where I'm at today? Hey, do you know how much I love my husband? He's not skinny either. <laughs> I told him to make sure I'd say that part. <laughs> like, he's thin, like healthy. He's trained for police officers, so he works out. I have, when you trust God, it changes your relationship with other people. You trust other people, and yes, you'll get hurt, but you're going to experience, the joy is bigger. When I can be with someone and trust them and love them and love them deeply and receive love and receive trust, it is, like, the most amazing feeling in the world. And not just with my husband, but with other relationships. I, I, I'm, I don't have that guard up anymore. Because I trust God and I trust God's love in me. So, I'm pregnant. Scott got into the uh, RCMP this summer. We found he was going there. We gave him the game a week's notice. He's going to the RCMP. The next day, we found out I was pregnant. So, <laughs> there's a couple of guys who are like, you really dodged the bullet there. First time minister's crazy. You know, <laughs> she's crazy. <you> know? <laughs> And I did snap at my dad a couple times this summer, which was not usual for me. And I was feeling kind of bad. My mom's like, oh, your father's used to women yelling at him. He's got four daughters. Five sisters no brothers. (laughs) So, um, (laughs) you can tell I love my family. (laughs) So, love with relationships. Oh, sorry, uh, RCMP, baby. I didn't know where I was going to be living. We didn't. I didn't know where this is. This, the baby's due March. Scott graduates January 19th. We can get put anywhere in Canada. So I am trusting. Okay, I'm going to an organization that says you're going to live here for this amount of years, and you're going to move here. So I, I've come a long ways in trusting. I don't need to be in touch control. So plan was he's going to graduate January 19th. We'll be somewhere, wherever it is. Okay, I'll have two months to set up a home. My first home, I get to put the dishes in the in the cupboard. I want to put him in and arrange the furniture how I want to do it. So exciting. Two months to do that and the baby would come. Eight days ago, this is very fresh, this is very fresh. Eight days ago, Scott calls me up and he says, Lisa, I know we're going to get posted first. I said, oh, okay. I thought you weren't supposed to find out for a while. He says, well, because of the incident in Ottawa, so the, the shooting in Ottawa, everyone wants watching the news. He says, once cadets, so cadets are the ones that train for RCMP, now, from now on, once they graduate, they're getting sent to Ottawa for two months. So January 19th, he graduates. January 20th, they put him on a plane to Ottawa. He's there for two mo- months until March 20th. The baby's due March 20th. Trust God, so much. <laughs> and then we're going to be somewhere in Canada. Still don't know where. Well, 20 hours ago, this happened yesterday. 20 hours ago, like Scott calls me up and says, "Lisa, I found out what province we're getting posted in." So there was 16 opens in BC, 14 in Alberta, three in Saskatchewan, one in Manitoba, and a few out east. He says, "Lisa." We got posted to Manitoba. <laughs> where does that mean? North or South? <laughs> so all I know, I still don't know where this baby's going to be born. I'm thinking Ottawa, but we have some decisions to make. Um, I don't know what hospital. I, I, I don't know. I don't know who my doctor's going to be in January and switching or how that's going to work. All I know is that come March 20th, there's going to be a baby and a lot of boxes. That's what I know. So, but inside, I feel peace. I still feel fear. I still feel overwhelmed. But my faith is a lot stronger than my fear. And I have inner peace, even though there's out a struggle. With God. Outer struggle and inner peace. I think this is the best audience I've ever spoken to. <laughs> Thank you so much. You really valued me, uh, I value to me just by listening and letting me share my story. It's the first time I've ever done that, and I just felt that, I felt love and respect from you, and I just, I, 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 I could just feel that. It was, was I, was I right? This is a great church. If you're not going to this church, switch. <laughs> <laughs> Discovered it last summer. <laughs> uh, so thank you so much.